0: Hey, welcome back, fellow bus talkers. Today, we're going to talk about toxic workplace, and I don't know why I'm sounding so excited and thrilled about it. It's something all of us have experienced at some point in time in our careers, and many of you continue to do so. so given that culture has been eating strategy for breakfast for many decades now, one wonders why hasn't it burped yet? One of the reasons why you do not smell the shit anymore is because you've sat on the shit pot for long enough. To put it more mildly, if you sit on the throne long enough, the odor stops bothering you. Everyone knows it exists because they're breathing it each day. And so why does it persist? Toxic workplaces, Often masquerade as cutting edge excellence and competitive work environments. And so you are perhaps in denial that you don't belong unless you behave in a particular way, type, or fashion. So let's dive into this episode and decipher toxic workplace and see if there are any ways which you can handle it a little better. So let's begin defining what exactly is a toxic workplace. One, where fighting, drama, politics, disgruntled employees, favoritism, nepotism, any of the other similar derivatives which destroy the happiness fabric of the working environment can be considered as a toxic workplace. Now, we've got to be careful there. Why? Because when there are two people competing for glory, incentive, reward, Attention, whatever that you want to call the end reward as, if two people are competing towards it, can there actually be happiness? Or is it not that people will be fiercely competitive and fighting with each other or the circumstance or the environment to get to that end goal? Given the fact that the entire success. Definition is, is it revolves around being first, being the only one or the highest or the biggest, whatever adjectives you want to use, there is clearly no space for two of you. There is the space for only one person. So if that is the case and there are two people or 10 people, however, many people are fighting to get to that one ultimate glory, then can it be done in a happy way? Chances are not. So then if you are going to fight your way through to the top, how do you expect it to be a happy place? And how do you know that you're not living in a toxic workplace? Now, if you have been listening to bus talk for a while, you will know one of our guiding principles is to pick the simplest answer. And so the simplest answer to this is, yes, you can win, but not at the cost of being unfair to somebody else not at the cost of being conniving to somebody else or putting somebody else's career in jeopardy to be successful at your own goal. You can win and you can win it the right way. Like I've always said, there's this common thing about being nasty when it comes to leadership, right? You have a nasty boss. It's almost like a given thing. I say you can be a good boss. You don't need to be a nasty person to become a good boss or a good leader. Likewise, you have to realize that it is possible to be the best, to be the only one without doing it the wrong way. You can do it the right way. Admitted, in our times that we live in, it will be slightly longer, slightly more difficult, but good players last the distance. Now I'm guessing you're thinking, yeah, I understand the what. What i don't understand is the how when the opposition or the opposite player is being unfair how do you expect me to play fair i will get sucked in won't i i keep on doing the right way it's my goal but three other people are playing nasty they are coming after me rather than me going after them and so is attack not the best defense in this case Should I wait for someone to come and jeopardize my life, my career? Or should I just be proactive and get ahead of them? There is only one chance we cannot experiment with our careers. You either do it or you don't do it. It's like they say, either you're growing or you're dying. A simple answer is that you have to be visible at all times for the work that you're doing right from the start. There is no space for crisis management that once you know shit has hit the fan and then you suddenly wake up and try and be someone else that doesn't work and that's why it requires a lot of thought the moment you sign on that dotted line even before you have taken up the role you have to think how will you present yourself in the first 30 days 60 days 90 days you have to understand what the organization culture is who are the power players where is it heading what's the maturity of conversation that is happening there's so much of thinking that needs to happen you just can't turn up and say oh I'm in my training period so I'm in my honeymoon zone there is no honeymoon zone you already began working the day the recruiter or the hiring manager finished the final interview because they would have discussed it internally about your strengths and your weaknesses and already a perception has been formed which could be very different from the resume that you presented and the and or the interview that you gave so the clock is ticking from that day forward that you are entering an organization stepping on day one when already there is a 30-day advanced perception preceding your arrival. So what do you do in the first 30 days? You keep your trap shut, you listen, you absorb, you think about the best ways to offer alignment without really upsetting one group or the other and yes there are groups whether you like it or not there are camps there are groups not so evident in your face but you will know that the biggest mistake some of the new joiners do is to come and say let me tell you how it is done and bear in mind you will be tested you will be tempted there will be situations created or presented where people will say hey so you are the new guy why don't you share what you think so that's a tricky position to be in. Why? Because if you do not say anything, then that triggers a negative perception saying, oh, the, did we have the right person on board or the person doesn't have an opinion? Isn't that what the person was doing all this while? So why doesn't the person say anything? And on the contrary, if you say something and say, hey, this is how it should work, it may be taken positively, but chances are it might be taken. "Ha, What does this person know? let him spend another 30 days and the reality will sink in so it's a very tricky phase the first 30 days of communication your presence in an organization is very critical and so in those 30 days you realize whether you are in a toxic place and if you are then how measured you need to be to circumnavigate any such negative perception that comes by your opinion or the way you present yourself (laughs) Next, find yourself a mentor. Look for someone who's outside your department and in a senior position. Have a formal mentorship program. Request that to your immediate manager. Go and learn the organizational culture. That, that should be your submission. But, hey, I need to know how things work around here and it'll help to get an outside in view from within another department. And so that way you will build bridges with people when you don't need them as is very important and also get an outside view of what's happening inside and what is the perception and that makes for a good conversation to share with your manager that they will be your one-on-ones right so what did you learn would probably be one of the questions then you can safely articulate that this is the general view do you concur am I learning it the right way do you think I should have something different but it's good always good to have an outsider's perspective when I say outsider I mean a mentor who's not in the immediate department but what about those who are already maybe a few years into the business and are bang in the middle of a toxic work culture they're getting choked, they're getting frustrated, they're getting burnt out. My simple request to them is please get the hell out of there. I know it's easier said than done. I know you will say, ha, you don't know the problems I have and it's so difficult to find another job. Look for an alternative till you find a peaceful alternative. I'll tell you why. It's a 30-year career, 3-0. There'll be three different decades, right? 0 to 10, 10 to 20, and then 20 to 30. Assuming you're in the 10 to 20 bracket, you still have a very long way to go. 10 years is, or 15 years is a very long way to go. And so don't give up on the fact that there is better life out there. Yes, it might not be the same big company. It might not be a huge package, but if you are doing well at the job and are happy doing it chances are you will excel and eventually make more money if you ask all the leaders i can say 70 to 80% of the leaders who are in their mid 50s or thereabouts you know who are in the final leg of their corporate career they will come and tell you that you know we thought that competing and winning and being number one was so important for the first 10-15 years of your life we lost out on time we lost out on family time i did not see my child grow i have heard leaders who said i haven't seen the birth of my kids i haven't spent time with my wife or my husband and all these sacrifices for a zero-sum game at the end of it right at the end of it you go and say hmm so now that you've become ceo so what? Yes, you have a house, you have financial security, which you could have had anyways, if you had planned your finances well. So balancing your work and life is something that you can start really early. It's not for old people. It's not for those guys. It's for you. Yes, even if you are a 25-year-old, two years into a job, yes, work-life balance is important for you, as it is for somebody who's 10 years into a work, environment as it is for anybody who's 20-25 years or thereabouts that balance gives you the mental peace to be successful that balance keeps you fresh to fight toxicity and if you are fresh in the mind you will ensure that toxicity doesn't get to you it could well be that you are the toxic person emitting toxicity (laughs) you know it's like we're looking everywhere the problem might start with us And so it always helps to take a step back, you know, many people I speak with, they haven't found themselves, they haven't spoken to themselves in years until one day they were forced to take a break and when they exited themselves out of the system, looked at the career from a bird's eye view from the set of people they were interacting with and they realized that they were being super toxic themselves. They were emitting toxicity knowingly or unknowingly in many cases and therefore receiving it as well. And so what is the net result that you get burnt out sooner than you can imagine? It is not a sustainable strategy. Believe you me when I say this, that toxicity will shorten your career. And so try and remove yourself, take a break, understand, repurpose, and then jump right back in and see if you can create a small space even if you are in this massive hellhole of a toxic workplace can you create a cubicle where there is all positivity and so if you are a leader listening to this the story begins with you those gentle head nods intellectual smiles and you know yes we should do something about it kind of big words don't mean anything anything you can pick up a small pilot project yes i know you're super busy your calendar is packed you can still pick up a small project for your own evolution for your own growth for your own balance why did you realize that there is something wrong so just because you're a leader does not mean you don't need a mentor It could be somebody else from another region. It could be somebody even senior to you. It could be anybody, but have a sounding board to say, hey, what are you doing differently? Or I am trying to do something differently. Help me understand how I can land this small project. Start small. Pick a few set of initiatives where you bring about change from what has been happening in the past. Think of a business review, for example. In the past, you have been rogering the people who have missed their forecast. You've been just taking their happiness this time, can you show empathy? Can you really go down to the root cause of the problem? Why did they misforecast? What was the problem? Was it a problem which was in their control or was it something beyond their control? Try and understand and see if you can provide a resolution, lead by example. And so slowly you will bring about hope and positivity within the workforce. And I can assure you If that is the case, you will have a direct impact on lowering of attrition, which essentially saves you money, saves you business disruption, ensures business continuity, and overall productivity. So yes, it is tangible. Positivity, having a positive workplace, has a direct impact on revenue, on your incentive, on your growth as well. So it's not a philosophical discussion which is out there and esoteric and in ether. It is very real and it's in front of you. So give it a shot. Well, that's all the time I had for this episode of Bus Talk. Hope you got a chance to think a little bit more. The Objective, the aim of Bus Talk is not to suddenly uproot your belief system and question your belief system and say, oh, you've been doing this wrong. What were you thinking, dude? That's not the goal. The goal is just to pose a question. And if you have a smarter way of dealing with it, do leave a comment, suggestion or a review and it'll help me improve my understanding or recalibrate my thinking as well. You know where to reach me. My social media handles are gyanban, which is on Twitter and Facebook or you can leave me a review on podpage.com forward slash bus talk. Until we meet next time, stay positive, stay well, chin up and bring your A game to work. This is your host, A.B., you're listening to us talk.